everyone, welcome back to another episode of On The Mix. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today is going to be really different. I don't have any kind of outline in front of me that tells me any specific information like that I've researched for this episode that I usually do for my other ones. I literally just decided that I want to kind of give like a an off-the-cuff kind of talk about movies and how music has been so influential in films and particularly in the silent film era and then how that transitioned into what we know now as like regular type of movies with sound or as they were called back then when they first debuted called talkies. So I just thought that's such an interesting topic to discuss because just the other day I was honestly looking at some of my favorite movies from the silent film era and I particularly really enjoy Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. They're my two favorite actors from back in the in the day. Um, you know, like the turn of the century, the 20s, and it's so amazing when you watch those old movies. I don't know if any of you have watched any of these old movies. If you haven't, I highly suggest that you do because they're still really funny to this day and that's the thing about those movies. You wouldn't think that they would be funny or that we now in this modern era would find them to be poignant still or to make a point that would still be relevant to our modern times. But genuinely, like when I watch a Buster Keaton film or a Charlie Chaplin film or any other type of silent era movie, it is still very, in a lot of respects, very prevalent to today. And that goes to show how classic these films are. But one aspect of these silent films that obviously is very noticeable is the fact that obviously due to its name, there's no talking in it. There's no acting per se in that kind of respect. And... When you think about how far film has come along from the turn of the century to how it is now, we take something like our voice and music for granted. We easily take for granted how something as simple as someone talking or speaking or the big booming soundtrack to a movie is now versus how it was back then. Like we take that as very run-of-the-mill everyday normal and it's almost like if you don't see something like that then then it really stands out and it's different but back then that's how it was I don't know the particulars in terms of how they did with the technology in terms of how they would act it in terms of like the voice like how they would do it um but you know I don't know the particulars of that however I do know the particulars about the music aspect because This is even so different now. When you watch a silent film, let's just give an example as Charlie Chaplin's film, The Kid, which is one of my favorite Chaplin films. When you watch that film like on YouTube or something, it has the score on it already. But the thing was back then, a lot of movies back in the day wasn't created with a soundtrack in mind for the film. Most films weren't created with a soundtrack in mind or a specific sound in mind or a specific song or style of music, nothing. How it would be done most of the time is the film would be made completely silent and then it would be sent out to the movie theaters. And now the thing that I learned about old films from back in the day, which I thought was interesting to note, was that movies were mostly created for like the poor people. They weren't necessarily a thing that people of like middle class or higher class society would watch because they deemed that as really like low, lower class, very poor people's kind of entertainment. And they thought 
well, why would we enjoy this? Why would we watch this? And I thought that was interesting to learn. And sure, I suppose it makes sense because a lot of those movies from back in the day, I wouldn't necessarily think that a lot of them were made like for... They weren't made like for that kind of market. I think they were made for the everyday person. And I think back then in the 20s or even the 1910s that it was predominantly those people who were maybe of lower class that would go out to the movies. I mean, you think about like the Great Depression, even in that era in the 30s, where people were so down on their luck and they had no money from obviously Wall Street crashing that some of them would still, when they can, scrounge up some sense and they'd go to the movies to make them laugh, to have like a nice reprieve from what was happening. And Charlie Chaplin, he actually saw this, and I'm sure Buster Keaton did as well when this was happening in the 30s, that they made more films for entertainment purposes, for the common people, for people to kind of like take a load off and to not have to worry about their everyday problems for like half an hour. But anyway, getting back to the music aspect of it. So how it would be done was these films would be created by the companies, the film companies. They'd be sent out to the movie theaters around various cities and they would have a musician come to the theater. And these were professionals. Obviously, these weren't just like everyday type of musicians that knew how to pluck a few chords on a guitar or knew some chords on the piano. This was a professionally trained musician that would be hired by the movie theater. And what they would do most of the time was they would be privy to what the movie was beforehand and they would like see the film. The films back then were maybe like all of half an hour, not that long. So if people from like the 1910s were to see that our films were at least two, two and a half hours long, I think they'd be like, wow, that's crazy. Um, But Yeah, films back then were only like half an hour, roughly. So these musicians, these pianists, they'd mostly be piano players. They'd come along and they'd watch the film prior so they could see like what the general vibe of the film was, like what certain key points were happening in the film, what certain moments needed maybe a dramatic certain music or a happy kind of music or a sad music or something like this. Um, Or most of the time, it would also be they wouldn't watch the film prior at all and in some cases most of these musicians they would have their setup in front of the projector so what so how it would be is imagine like a movie theater now with the screen at the front and you're sitting in your seat at the very very front of the movie theater close to the screen was the musician and the pianist would be sitting down at their piano and they'd be watching the film and they'd also be playing along in real time on their piano, creating the soundtrack in real time. And, and in some of these instances, they just did it off the cuff. They, they didn't really have the time to like analyze the whole film. Some people did, though, but some people didn't. So it really just depended on the occasion. And for example, if this was a film that was played like all the time, and maybe a certain musician was always there to play for this certain movie, they would know already what kind of things to do for it. So they could just naturally off the cuff play something and be like, right, I know that this scene's coming up. So let me create a more dramatic atmosphere or this scene's about to happen. So let me play a more happy type of vibe. And I think that's really creative and really interesting. And that's how essentially it was done back then. And yeah, again, I think we take that for granted because you you hear someone as as like mammoth as Hans Zimmer, who's one of the most famous composers, movie composers specifically, 
of the modern times. And like, you know, how they do it for movies now is they have a whole orchestra and they do typically the same kind of thing. Like the film is already edited and pieced together. They send it out to the orchestra, the musicians, and they create in real time a piece. Sometimes the composers would work with the directors and such to create a score that's how it would be done. But back then, it wasn't like that. They literally just off the cuff just did a little something. Or most of the time, it would also be they would take a song that everyone kind of knew back in the day. I don't know. I I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. Like a, I don't know, like a, a jazzy type of piece or something. And they'd play that instead of creating something off the cuff, which I thought is also interesting. So they didn't really think a whole lot about like the music aspect back then until it started to shift probably around maybe the 40s or the 50s when people were starting to think about like how the music can influence the reaction that they get from an audience. Like for example, like Psycho, um, Alfred Hitchcock's movie Psycho, that was one of the first ones. Like Jaws, for example, that's another one. Uh, What else? I can't even really think of any early ones off the top of my head, but that's just kind of an overall example. And so I just thought I just kind of wanted to talk about my opinion on how it was done back then, the music to correlate with these old films. And I think that's so fascinating. I would be keen to learn more about how a lot of these actors and film companies back in the day created these movies. Um... But also, not only that, but, like, the actors back then, they did everything. Like, the actors most of the time did their own stunts. For example, Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin, they're the most highly known to do their own stunts. I mean, you see, like, you see, like, Buster Keaton jump off of tall buildings without any kind of, like, mattress to catch him. You see him riding on the back of a moving um, train or something or cable car, or, you know, he jumps from car to car, or what was that one? Uh, The train one where he's on the front of the train and the tracks are about, the train's about to go off the tracks, and he, like, at the very last second, grabs a piece of plywood, he throws it on the train track, and it, like, clears the path. So, literally all of these things that were done back then for the movies, they were done mostly, if they could, in, like, one shot. So, if they had to redo something, it'd be a lot of money to do it. And a lot of the time, the actors would seriously be in danger of their lives because, again, they really had no safety protocols back then for something like that. I think it was mostly when Charlie Chaplin merged with, who was it, MGM at the time, and um, they created their own film company, but also, you know, to help other actors back then to, um, to create their own kind of film that they would want. And I thought that was really interesting. Like they helped to liberate a lot of those actors back then who wanted a shot at Hollywood, um, which I thought was interesting. But also another fact, just kind of off, off the beaten path here from my main point, which I also just thought was so interesting. Now, I believe Thomas Edison was one of the main inventors of the type of technology that was used for old movie cameras. A lot of these business moguls that wanted to create their own films, they didn't believe in what Thomas Edison was doing, from what I can remember. And therefore, Thomas Edison was based out of New Jersey. So they all moved over to the furthest place that they could where Thomas Edison wouldn't have his hands in their stuff, which was California. And so they created Hollywood. It was was originally Hollywood land. And the Hollywood sign that we all know and love 
that is the big monumental sign in California. It was originally Hollywood land. At some point, they took the land part off and they just left it as Hollywood, which I thought was so interesting. But uh, yep. And then they created their own film sets right there in Hollywood, literally. They took so many acres of land over there and they literally bulldozed it to create different kind of time periods and eras like cowboys and Indians or like certain certain kind of like tropical places or maybe like faraway places like Japan or something like that or whatever. And I thought that was so fascinating that they would do that. So that's just like another interesting fact that I learned while I was like thinking about how I would frame this episode. Because to be honest, sometimes I just kind of prefer to just like sit and just talk out loud, wherein most of the time I'm doing these episodes, I have an outline of general facts so that I can provide the correct information to you guys and then also intermix my own thoughts with it. But this one is mostly straight up just me off the cuff just speaking. And I happen to think this is really, really fun for me. Um, but yeah, I love these old films from the 20s, 30s, the 1910s. It's really fascinating to see how they lived back then. But again, getting back to the music aspect of it, I just thought that was really interesting and unique that they weren't too particular about the music for the film. Like that was the least of their problems. The film companies would just get the actors to do the film and then they'd edit the film literally like they cut it and then they piece it together in a reel and then they send it out to the movie theaters that had the projectors and things like that to play and then the movie theaters themselves would hire these musicians to play while everyone was watching how interesting would that be to like be an audience member at one of these like Buster Keaton Charlie Chaplin films and there was a person at the front on their on their piano or their organ or something and they would be playing along to the movie in real time. How interesting is that? Because again, we take for granted that we go to a movie at the theaters, or I guess since the pandemic has kind of shut down a lot of theaters, you watch it at home on your TV, and you hear the booming surround sound of all of these like orchestral instruments or like violins, trumpets, whatever's, pianos, you know, all the time and all these sound effects and things that we take for granted. And it's just so natural for us to hear that, that if we don't, it's almost like strange. But back then, literally, it was strictly just a silent film, 100%. That's accurate to the name. And the movie theaters themselves would hire people to do the, the, the music for the film. And I thought that was interesting. Yet again, some people were interested in watching the film prior to them playing it in front of the audience. Or some of them didn't care and they would watch it for the very first time with the audience and then they'd try to make something up on the spot. So I think that's really cool and interesting. Um, how interesting would it have been to have been an audience member back in the day and see this like live? I think that'd be really cool. But I'll, I'll end it with this just by saying, again, if you guys haven't had the pleasure of watching a Buster Keaton movie or a Charlie Chaplin movie, or any kind of film from back in the 10s, 20s, 30s, I highly suggest that you guys do, because it's really, really fascinating to see how movies were made back then, and how actors really acted back then, because again, they couldn't speak, really, so they had to act with their bodies and in other kinds of ways to get the point across, and it's really fascinating to look at. But yeah, so I would recommend you guys watch any of those movies from that time period. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I mean, I hope that you got something out of it. This was just me kind of like talking off the cuff just about how interesting it was 
to see like the juxtaposition of how movies were made back then with music versus how movies are made now with music. Um, Because I want to tie this into my music somehow, because this is a podcast about music. You know, if this was a podcast about movies, then that'd be different. But I like to tie my love of film and music in this somehow. So I just thought, hey, this would be an interesting topic to discuss because I'm very passionate about silent era films. Um, So yeah, have a wonderful day, guys. Enjoy your day. Please, again, I just will keep saying this. Take a look at any film from back in the day and enjoy it. They're not that long. They're very short. And you'll be really interested to see how they acted back in the day. It's, it's really fascinating to see. But I will see you guys next Wednesday with another episode of On The Mix. What that episode will be, I'm not sure. But I will talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye.